Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's Vendo with Robert Hollinshead. Uh, good day to you, a mid-December day to you, Bob. Uh, cold up here, warm where you are, so how about that? Yeah, but we're in the middle of a hurricane. I just got back from Peru. I was down here for a few months in, uh, at our place there, and uh, I just got back here, and it's like this is like September the 10th hurricane time. It's unbelievable. Can't even go outside. It's like 40-mile-hour winds. It's amazing. Isn't that a topic for uh, maybe a topic for another day? But the insurance rates are here in the in the southeast of the U.S. They're going astronomically crazy. Well, they're not just going crazy. What they're doing is looking to cancel people. So if you have a fart in your house somewhere, uh, they'll cancel you, right? They they, Chubb sent me a a, a notification that I didn't have enough uh, fire detectors in the attic of my house. There's eight (laughs) different sections, and I think I had six covered. So they said they're going to cancel me because. I don't have uh, they gave me notice of cancellation because I don't have eight in the attic of the house uh, uh, fire detectors they're, they're just looking for reasons to get people off the books for the ultimate inevitable disaster storm didn't happen this year didn't even have a this is the heaviest storm we've had all year to year like wind wise and so forth you know what I mean it's weird so let's dive into things so um, I don't know where you want to kind of go today but we're I, I was kind of lamenting to you. I was writing my email. I usually do to a three or four hundred dealers I have in our local area, and you were saying, "Well, you're writing your narrative that you're writing to them is to fit the market to make it mm, seem a little better than maybe it is." Or, or is that something you kind of want to dive into a little bit more? Give me. A, What's funny you're bringing that topic that? up, Shawnee. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you're bringing that topic up because a, a pretty smart guy. In other words, I pay attention to like what people say and, uh, and things uh, to get into their brain a little bit as to whether they're in left field or if it's just uh, like an egocentric thing or whatever. And a guy sent me a, a, a message today asking about, you know, like uh, something we've talked about for many decades, and that's co-validation of activity. In other words, when you see somebody else, it's it's what happened in the lanes for many, well, uh, until the lanes ended. Uh, one guy asking another guy that he knows from we'll brushing past him in the auction for 10 years. Hey, what do you think of this one? Look, I pinched this one for this much. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a good buy? In other words, that's uh, the only thing you're doing. You're not going to get out of the car. You're just co-validating whether with one of your peers that you see at the auction, like an auction rat that's there every day for decades and decades, uh, a getting their opinion of what your activity was. You see what I'm saying, Tishon? Does that make sense? You've seen it all your life. We're going, hey, look at this. What do you think of that? Uh, what, do you think you, what do you think this one will bring? Right? So that's just nothing but co-validation. This is nothing new. This is like a really old thing. Now, what's happened over the past 15 or 20 years is the co-validation occurs on social media. One person says one thing, the other one likes, the other one don't like its things, it's more things, and then they get some responses, and some responses are moronic, and some might even have a little thought behind them. But but these things are all basic, and the only reason why everybody's glued to that, it's to waste their time, number one. In other words, they're in a lull in conversation, or they don't want to watch their kids' little game, something. In other words, and you wind up with... Uh, um, 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 a, a constant drum beat of co-validation. So this particular instance, the guy said, you know, what do you think would happen if people with high, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, um, engagement on social media would start to say, you know, the market's getting better. 
Um, well, the market's not that bad because all you see is negative posts saying the market sucks. I, my lot's for sale. I've been in business 20 years. Uh, you know, So these things have like a cumulative effect on the attitude of, well, if he's going out of business and we're doing this, then what are we doing? Well, I'm happy to see him go. And, and subliminally, you understand, in other words, nobody would ever say that. Uh, but it's, it's human nature. Everyone gets... Uh, I would call it the, I shouldn't say everyone, the vast majority of humans um, feel better when the other person, especially in their peer group, are doing worse. It's it, you, you can deny it if you want to, but it makes you feel smarter and better and all the rest of it, right? It's also has a lot to do with why some people take, uh, uh, I would call it uh, little tidbits of how other people do business, how they say things, how they talk about things, and, and kind of add it to their, they plagiarize and add it to their vernacular. You, you see what I'm saying, Tishon? It's, it, it's you know, emulation is the highest form of of uh, admiration. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? So in other words, it's not a negative thing necessarily uh, when someone plagiarizes. It's, it's just basically meaning that they saw value in what you're saying or doing or how you do things and trying to put it into their um, um, their modus operandi. I mean, I've seen it for all my life. Uh, I did it myself as a kid with people that you um, find to be extremely successful. Al Bayless, for instance, you know, the guy had a lot of negative things, but he did a lot of really innovative things that little tidbits you incorporate into your modus operandi. And over time, it morphs into your own, but it's based in uh, plagiarism. Hemingway plagiarized. Everybody plagiarizes to a certain degree. Now, what that means is when it comes to co-validation, depending on where you are in the hierarchy of respect from your peers, what you say can have an effect, with one exception. We deal in VIN numbers 100% of the time. Nothing else. Everything is related to a VIN. The BDC is related to a VIN. Everything you do is related to a VIN. The VIN has a life of its own. In other words, the market has a life of its own. Um, uh, certain VINs are more desirable than others based on their characteristics. You know, some people thrive on bad car facts. Some people thrive on uh, perfect cars because they only do perfect things. And other people, and it also has something to do with their customer base and their demographic and so forth, whether it's purely schmeeking people for finance reasons and advertising cars, 8000 less than they paid for them to bring them in and, and do a trick on them. You know, that, that's not a criticism. It's a business model based on their perceived marketplace. You see what I'm saying to you, Shawnee? And beyond that, um, when we talk about, you know, the market's bad and could influence or change attitude about uh, things um, uh, uh, based on your little bit of readership, people that pay attention to you may hate you, may like you, but do pay attention to what you are uh, got to say. Could that have a positive effect? And from my perspective, it could and it couldn't, but it definitely wouldn't. Because basically, you're pimping, you're pimping, you're, uh, you're pimping your credibility. You follow me? And what that means is, if you did it once and it did have an effect, ultimately you no longer have credibility because you said you caught a fish and you didn't. You, you see what I'm saying, Dan? So uh, um, this also so, gets broken down into another category. Go ahead, Shawnee. Don't, I don't want to lose this thought though. Let me just blabber this first. You follow me? Yeah. And then when you talk about the commodity value of a VIN, how much it's worth, then you got to break it into other categories at what price range. 
in other words, in, in, in what brands? Are you talking about a $300,000 car? Are you talking about a $100,000 car? Are you talking about an $80,000 car? Are you talking about only Mercedes? You're only talking about uh, uh, EVs. You're talking about junk. You're talking about bad Carfax cars that have a $15,000 less value. It's a normal one's worth forty five. This one's worth thirty. dollars How are you going to sell it? So then you got to think about how those cars are reacting in the marketplace at the moment, right? So you can't do these blanket evaluations of how the market is. No, you got to, nobody has to do anything when I say you got to. It's, I think it's smart to break it down to actually understand what category you're talking about. You're talking about 15G and under? You're talking about foreign domestic? You're talking about trucks? You're talking about what? What is it you're talking about? Because when you start reading things in, in social media or blabbermouths that are you know, shooting their opinions out there like they know what they're talking about, um, you have to break that down a little deeper. Because honestly, in a really piss poor marketplace, there's some segments of this market that are red hot. These two, three, four hundred thousand dollar cars are unbelievably good compared to uh, a bad Carfax 30,000 mile Honda, late model Honda. You follow me? In other words, where you the payment something similar to what you can jam them in a new car for, you know, that that turns that category of car into a a bit of a pariah. You, you see what I'm saying? It, it, it don't fit into some, and therefore the market sucks on that car. And could you say that the market's getting better? Or we bottomed out. Of course you can't say that because then you've uh, 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 the individual that does that. If anybody's paying attention to them, right? has basically dashed their credibility for future uh, 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 conversation. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sean. Uh, you, you had something to say. I just wanted to get that out because it's really critically important to understand what category we're talking about that's good and what's bad and what's this and what's that. You see what I'm saying to you? Well, it's, it's interesting. So I was listening to satellite radio, listening to the rural network, and they were talking about uh, corn, uh, corn bushels of corn, what they're going for in the commoditized market. And what, so what mm -hmm. you're saying is there are so many different segments of VINs and cars that to say blanket statements is, you know, an exercise and futility, really. Sure, you couldn't bring up a market. better example. And when I say the commoditization of the VIN, that obviously is something we talked about for many decades, right? Because it's not a, a commoditization. It's, it's the market value of a category, of course. If a category fits in, there's, let's call it 37 categories of cars, right? How you break them down, high price, good high guys, bad, good equipment, bad equipment. Blah. In other words, that goes on and on, right? But when you break that down, it really does. It, so corn's down because of who knows what. But what about wheat? And more importantly, what about gold how's gold doing you follow me and why is it that way so when you break down the categories of vins the same way oh it's astounding how there is a one-to-one -one relationship um uh with the general commodities market in other words the mercantile exchange exchange in chicago uh, and the little mickey mouse business we're in the automobile business in particular the valuation and liquidation of any car at any given moment, any place in the uh, uh, North America, right? So, um, again, you know, we'd love to have, like, uh, 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 you know, have some sort of impact on 
because the guy's saying, uh, well, you know, you have the most things in this and that and all that. It's, it's true, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm highly flattered by it, but it has nothing to do with it. In other words, if you start to modify the reality, the truth, the facts of what's going on, you've dashed your own credibility. Your commodity has become utterly, utterly worthless. And uh, my feeling is to, you know, to put a, um, let's call it a bright light on something to say, oh, I got a shot for a car today, and it's that means the market's better. Uh, n- uh, n- no, it don't. It means that some nitwit, that, in other words, I'm sorry to say that, n- not a nitwit. Somebody has a better market for that car. could be export. It could be, you know, they smashed somebody in a car. They got this, a, a, a total check, and they got to get the exact car, and they can make a profit no matter what. So you can't, you can't like, uh, 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 do the mincemeat thing as to why things happen and what they're uh, the generalities of the market in my estimation suck in other words there's plenty of people logged in we still get four or five hundred people logged in at a given point in time in a in a in a, in a sale but the vast majority are sitting there watching to see what's actually happening they're watching the commodities market they're not participating and they're only doing it in order to get a better grip on the turds they have in stock that match whatever's on the block to see how deep a trouble they're in to know whether they're going to uh, reduce pricing before they uh, blow their brains out with the vehicle or not. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you, Sean? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I love the market. I mean, we get to be commodities traders every single while well, I run a marketplace. So I get to really do it on a daily basis and, and watch how people like the buy here, pay here guys. I'd say they're having a, a fantastic uh, fourth quarter. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And it depends on whether you're rural or if you're urban. And it depends to a certain degree. There's not that much regionality when it comes to the wholesale market only because uh, – uh, you know, everybody has access to every market based on simulcast or velocicast or whatever you want to call it, right? Do, depending on what your your brand, you know, your your inclination is, um, uh, um, and then it's a cost of uh, including the transportation. So that means that we're selling a car in Philadelphia to to Denver, Colorado, uh, to that market. So, you know, the idea that there used to be regionals pricing—it's absolute bullshit. Um, it's almost impossible to see a direct relation. Well, EVs bring more money in. Here's the deal. No, they don't. Okay. If you really actually have one and you got to sell it, you may not sell it in your local five state regional thing where somebody may have driven to the auction and walked the car. No, no, no. Just going to the highest and best user someplace else in the, could be internationally. Right. So that whole concept of uh, the brain fart of having, uh, um, you know, like regional pricing, there's possibilities, there's little things. But here's the other thing about this, Sean, when there is and the guy from, you know, uh, uh, Louisiana finds out that he could buy a car that's better for him. He's bidding. And if he's bidding on it, he's bidding on the location where a car is and therefore forcing everybody else around them to pay market value for the car. It's not as if he pinched it behind the curtains and and uh, got himself some sort of spectacular deal because he went outside of his localized market. That ain't the way it works any longer. I'd love to say it works that way. And, you know, like uh, uh, things go back into the dial-up telephone and say, well, when the phone rang, somebody was on the line, but it could be a party line. That's total nonsense. It, the reality of what we do today is it's 
it's it's homogenized, man, and to a very high degree. Well, Bob's so full of shit, it's unbelievable. I bought a car in Pittsburgh, and I took it. Yeah, but here's the problem. You could have bought that car in Pittsburgh and re-ran it in Pittsburgh, presented it better, and got another 3200 for it. You didn't have to drag it to Arkansas to do that, necessarily. You see what I'm saying, Sean? So it's the interpretation of facts that can really, truly confound and confuse people and take them in a direction that's kind of really weird, man. It, you know, But it's normal. Not everybody can be Einstein. No, not everybody wants to be Einstein. And very few people take 13 seconds to truly, uh, 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 let's call it, um, extract the facts and analyze them piece by piece, premise by premise, to come to a valid conclusion as to what's going on. Does that make any sense to you, Shawnee, me boy? Yes, and very much appreciated. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, brother.